0: Hi everybody, welcome back to Jewish Teen Talk.
1: Hi everyone. Uh,
0: We are back with you, Jewish Teen Talk, answering questions um, that you sent in. Uh, Even though there's a lot of things happening, this podcast is a priority for us and we want to make sure that we get to answer your questions.
1: Okay, so your first question that came up. I heard you mention that when you were younger, you had anxiety. By social scenes, I too get very nervous, even before speaking to friends on the phone going a w- and going on a walk in school with one girl. I'm always nervous, I'm not gonna have what to say. Can you give me some tips on how you overcame it? I'm also nervous that I won't change and I'll have the same problem in the future. Thank you, I really love all the answers you give. So, um, could relate. A lot.
0: Also, you're welcome.
1: Yes. Um, And we're happy that Jewish Teen Talk is helping you because that's what we're here for. We're here for, you know, Jewish teens and to give you a place to ask questions where we can address them. Um, We also explore them and we also get feedback um, on some episodes. And those are, that's very valuable as well. So keep sending those in. Um, So as far as your question, I, I went through that you know for many many years and there's times where it flares up as well um, and I remember you know feeling very nervous about what to say and what the other person's going to think because a lot of times you know I'm in that space where what are they going to think and am I going to say something that you know they'll make fun of or that they'll accept so also a lot of fear a lot a lot of fear with anxiety um, so to say that I overcame it would not be the truth because depending on which which situation I'm in or um, you know, where I'm at, sometimes it does flare up my anxiety and I feel it coming back. But definitely, um, to give you hope because you know, you're writing that you don't know if if you'll ever change. So first of all, the fact that you're writing in and asking, and asking on Jewish teen talk, that's already proving that you believe in yourself and that there is um, there is a hope. T- there is hope exactly, and that it won't be the same problem forever. And so just to give you some hope, even when for me as an adult, it does flare up, maybe not as much you know not as bad as it used to be, um, it's not as it's not as debilitating in the sense that like you know with years of therapy and um, just learning from others and getting support when I'm in that situation or when it comes up I'm aware of it Um, I I think the first thing that helps is to have self-acceptance and not to fight it so kind of like if anxiety is coming up for you just to kind of like welcome it because a lot of times anxiety is trying to protect us it might be, you know, a little bit more. Um, it, it might be a little bit more intense than it needs to be because the situation is not as terrifying or is not as um, um, threatening. So, what I've heard, which is a really valuable advice, is kind of to welcome it, to be like, "Hey, you're back," or "Hey, you're around," and you know, thanks for thanks for popping in and trying to protect me, and then kind of like. Um, I I think the next step would be like telling yourself it's okay. It's okay to feel anxious um, because I think that self-acceptance is always the first piece. Um, And then, you know, as far as some tips, you know, the one that I'm thinking of that has helped me in different situations is to first of all, do the opposite of what I'm feeling. So if I'm specifically staying away from people because of my anxiety, call up a friend, call someone up, or go over to someone and say, Hey, how are you doing? Because when we do that, it doesn't like anxiety, like she was said in the past, and I'm sure he has a lot to share here. um, Anxiety is a liar. So it convinces us that we're in danger, or that the other person is going to think these things about us, or they're going to, you know, and which usually doesn't happen. So, if you're in a situation with one girl that you're walking with and you just don't know what to say, or even going on a walk in school with others, something that's helped that I've heard is to think of the other person because then it takes you out of your all that anxiousness and what am I going to say? And think of the other person and like focus on what they're saying. Um, That's something that I've heard in the past, which, you know, take what you like and leave the rest um, if it helps. And I'm sure, you know, I'll give the mic to Shua, the proverbial mic to uh, weigh in his ideas
0: as well. Um, I think I, I just would want to echo, I think um, what Bashi said is priceless only because it's lived experience and as much as anybody can describe things that they've read about in books that work these are things that have actually worked in Bashi's experience and that is invaluable so I would really take what Bashi said with um you know with a a, uh I don't think with a grain of salt makes sense in this context no with a grain of salt means don't believe it Without a, sugar, with, <laughs> she's funny um to basically take what she says as um something that works you know in real anxiety situations the other thing is you know um part of the reason why i um became a therapist is because i love listening to people's stories and just a chime in on what the last point that Bashi made is that you know if you're curious enough everyone has incredible stories and we can just hear from people their stories and if you're listening to a good story you know and you're really curious about someone's life the anxiety just melts away uh, so just to echo that point that piece um, maybe just um you know, one thing that Vashi that brought up about anxiety being a liar, it, and, and the reason why it works to do the opposite of what anxiety says is because when our anxiety or fear or worries tell us to not do something and we listen, it reinforces the idea that us not doing that thing help prevent anxiety. Because anxiety tells us that if we do this thing terrible things are going to happen Yeah, and not doing that thing means that those terrible things won't happen so when we avoid and we don't do those things and the terrible things don't happen that reinforces the idea see anxiety was right Hmm. so it's very important to you know exactly as Bashi said to do the opposite
1: yeah and maybe and maybe not to go too extreme like Mm. like if you're going to do the opposite like anxiety is saying you know Oh my gosh, I, I can't take a walk. I, I can't even think of going into that room and talking with everyone or who am I going to talk with? Um, a lot of times, you know, just focus on a one girl, um, focus on one person that you might feel a little bit more comfortable with.
0: Right. Maybe someone who's a little bit more safe.
1: Yeah. And, and you know, and again, like um, the anxiety is going to tell you all the reasons why, um, either what she's going to think or what's going to happen and then you know a lot of times it's also about putting one foot in front of the other and just you know take one step and just say to her hey do you want to go for a walk and, and I know that that for someone who's feeling anxious can be very very difficult so in other words take baby steps you know the Rebbe would always say that like if you're going to try something new do it very slowly And, and going back to being kind to yourself, like, accept, you know what, right now I'm super anxious and just, just be kind to yourself, um, when it comes up and, uh, know that you're not alone and there is a lot of hope and thanks for sending in this question. I'm sure a lot of people can relate.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, even if it's, you know, in in a, um, in a anonymous setting, it is still very brave and very vulnerable of you to send in the question. So thank you. Yeah. Okie dokie. What's next?
1: Okay, second question for tonight. Can I dive in without a skirt in private?
0: Right. I think... So, I'm going to let Bashi weigh on this one just because it's a... um, Coming from a feminine perspective, unless it's a guy. And yes, if it's a guy... Asking asking the question, you can't dove in without a skirt in private. (laughs) Uh, But if it's a girl, then... Um I think what would be what's the purpose in other words can, can you you can really do what you want in private nobody's going to stop you there's no like police that are going to bust your door down and arrest you for davening without a skirt in private the question is what's the purpose of what we're doing if the purpose is to connect to Hashem then Connecting to Hashem um, while um, while not doing what Hashem is asking is kind of a contradiction. Uh, but at the same time, um, you know, Tznias is really between us and Hashem. It's a very personal thing. That's the way that uh, Bashi explains and talks about tour to girls, and it's a very... Uh, beautiful way of looking at tzinius. Um and so if a lot of times sneas for people who have been through abuse uh and trauma um pr- particularly sexual abuse uh can be very triggering and if it's a choice between um, you know and and then wearing a skirt is can some sometimes be very, uh, traumatizing. Somehow it's connected to, it can be connected to, um, a traumatic experience. Right. So, so,
1: um, it could be a scenario. Again, we don't know the questioners that are sending in, but you know, what she was bringing up is, is very important because, um, unfortunately, um, there are many teenagers out there, whether boys or girls who have been, um, who could have gone could have been gone through sexual abuse and the whole sneas for them you know takes on a whole different um it's a whole different experience and so that you know that in itself if it's coming from there to know that also you're not alone and there's Mm -hmm. you know many many out there that have been through it too and um yeah so if it's coming from that um, if it's coming from that, um, looking for a place. word, from that place.
0: Well, Hashem still wants to hear from you. I think that's what we wanted to tell you, that if it's coming from a place where you, it's difficult for you to do it, and if you are going to wear it, you're not going to connect to Hashem, then, right. and you're in private, and it's not the, um, you know, I think that's better, you know, in a certain sense. It's like your personal, really, your personal relationship with Hashem.
1: right
0: then by all means
1: right so I want to come from a place where if the questioner that sent this in it's not coming from a place of trauma or any form of whether sexual abuse or any form of abuse in that for that matter so if you're just you know asking you know I, I when I daven in, in public with others I'll wear my skirt but then you're just questioning like hey if I'm in private <coughs> and nobody's around can I take off my skirt so let's, let's you know go let's take apart some words here so daven What is davening? So like Shua said, when we're davening, it's all about talking to Hashem. It's all about connecting with Hashem. Then when you ask the question about a skirt, so that would be, why would you be wearing a skirt in the first place? Like when you're davening in public, why are you wearing that skirt? Is it because you're wearing it for others? um, Or because that's the norm? Because that's what you're supposed to do? Are you wearing the skirt because Hashem asked us to dress sneas? So I would also, you know, like question the skirt piece and then let's go to the word private. So why, why would it change if you were in private versus being in public? In other words, if you're in public and you're davening with others, you're wearing the skirt. Are you doing that for others or are you doing it for your relationship with God? That's my question to you because essentially when we're davening whether we're with others or with ourselves it's all about God it's all about connecting with him <coughs>
0: excuse
1: me and tsnius itself which a part of it is wearing a skirt for a woman is something that God asked us to keep it's one of the commandments it's one of the mitzvahs and as far as the privacy piece it's actually interesting because tsnius is all about privacy Sneas is all about respecting our bodies, respecting ourselves. And yes, you know, people will question, and we've had these these questions on Jewish Teen Talk about, well, then why does it make a difference if it's over the elbow, under the elbow? And then that goes back to the fact that Hashem, this is one of his commandments that he asked us. So when you're in private and you take off that skirt, is it because people aren't around? Or is it because you're saying, look, I feel connected to Hashem and I can talk to Hashem and I feel like I can talk to Hashem even with, with the skirt off. So I'm just kind of like taking your whole question and kind of, you know, being a Jew and answering it with a question. But what does davening mean to you? What does wearing a skirt mean to you? And then why would it make a difference if you were on your own or if you were with others? And, you know, I'm essentially like being religious and being Jews there are many mitzvahs um, that we do just having Yerushalayim so kind of like that concept Yerushalayim is like that concept that God is always watching over me and um, you know even if nobody's around is do I do I feel that God is you know constantly there like there are
0: So, I I, I, I just want to jump in because um, God constantly watching and constantly there um, sounds a little creepy, to be honest. I think it's more of a place of understanding that, like, being in awe, being... um, But
1: why creepy? If he's like... Well, is,
0: is it out of fear that Hashem is always watching and...
1: So maybe if we were to pull apart so so Yerashimaya means fear of heaven, so that concept that there's always that God is always watching over us, God is always
0: i I hear what you're saying, and maybe we can go into it a different time, but i I believe that there's a deeper idea of Yira. it's not just fear because if it's a fear based relationship, then that's not um I don't know, I feel like it can be deeper and it and it should be deeper, right.
1: And and what well what I was getting at is that there are mitzvahs like let's say after a couple gets married, um, there's the laws of family purity, and there are many there are many mitzvahs between a couple that, technically speaking, nobody would know if they were keeping it or not. You know if they were in their home or in the privacy of their bedroom. So, even so, those mitzvahs that we keep in privacy. That we that even when others are not around, it all goes back to the idea that it's between us and Hashem. That's what I was mm. trying to bring up.
0: Right. Yeah, and I think that's really the idea.
1: And I've heard that you know, instead of hearing yira as fear, according to Hasidus, it's yira is respect.
0: Mm. That's what I. That's where I was going at.
1: So it's it's this it's this constant respect for God and the idea of davening is connecting to Hashem, is talking with God and even when I'm in private even when people aren't around when I'm davening I'm talking to God, I'm connecting with God
0: right
1: and I think it boils down to also each person's relationship with God everybody's relationship is different so again it goes back to what Shua was saying Like for someone who can't wear a skirt let's say and they've been through some form of abuse, then Hashem, because everything happens, you know, like Hashem put them through that. So them, their struggle with putting on that skirt, God understands.
0: I just thought of a a way to explain maybe what we mean, um, because, you know, some people wouldn't daven at all if they were in private because they daven because that's something that they need to do because that's the rule. You know, in school you daven because it's part of the schedule, but I don't have a relationship necessarily with God outside of school, so I wouldn't daven if I was in private. But the fact that a person is davening in private means that it's not just because this is something that we do in school. That's a good point. It's it's because we have a personal relationship. So then the skirt piece should also follow the same logic. In other words... Why are we wearing a skirt? Not because it's school rules or community standards, but because that's something that we believe Hashem asked us to do.
1: Yeah.
0: And therefore, it should make a difference whether it's in public or private. The same way that you're davening in private, I think that... Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's a good point.
0: Okay. Weird question, but There's I wondered... no weird
1: No weird questions.
0: Yeah, it it might feel um, weird to ask this question, but uh, it's not a weird question. I think it's something that many people are asking, and uh, thank you for bringing up this important topic. Uh, I've wondered if it's just girls as teenagers who are obsessed with boys they like, or if boys are also attracted to girls and thinking of them often, especially from boys like my brother, who is extremely chassidish, always in yeshiva, Age 21, would he be interested in girls? Like, is it a natural thing that like is it a natural thing with every person or just most people? Um, so the the general answer is that yes, Hashem created us to be attracted to um for most people to be attracted to the opposite gender. For some people, unfortunately, they struggle with being attracted to the same gender um, and uh, but the, the point is that boys even if they are very chesidish uh, and very frum that means you know they're very uh, into the um, service of Hashem and doing what they're supposed to be doing and they are enjoying their life as a a uh, uh Bachar, which means a student learning the entire day and they're and they're into that. Um, the idea is that Baram eventually get married. Uh, the ones who don't get married, that's unfortunate, but it's not the general rule. And in order for marriage to work, there needs to be attraction. So I think that Baram who are working on themselves and want to focus on the learning, might not allow that attraction to girls to take over or they um, will work on it. Um, and I've spoken to many boys, very, very uh, uh, from boys, uh, religious boys who struggle with this idea um, and want to be in a place that's healthy so that they can focus on what they need to be doing. So, yes, everybody has that um, That or most people have that, there are some people who, for whatever reason, usually as a result of trauma, but also um, just from the way that they are born, do not have any um, obsession or thoughts um, about the opposite gender or about the same gender. They just don't think about those things at all, to the point that some people uh, might be uh, it's called asexual, where they they might be repulsed or disgusted. Uh, usually, it's trauma related, but it's not a a, a, a uh, not popular. But it's not a, most people do have that attraction,
1: right? And it's developmentally um, the way, yeah, it's the way that God created us and um i th- i think that you know i echo everything shua said there are some teenagers that are more obsessed with with it than others so again you know if if um they're very tapped into that part of their sexuality and that piece of attraction then some teenagers will be constantly thinking about you know whether it's girls thinking about boys or um or guys thinking about girls And then others are maybe not as tapped into it or are, um, are, um, like, uh, uh, I'm I'm trying to think of the word. I keep getting stuck
0: non-typical or?
1: no like others are um, a lot of times you know like um, focused on you know if they put themselves into their studies or they're focused mm. you know so that they, there's not that much time and room and energy that's being put into it and a lot of times you know that happens to boys that are in yeshiva where you know it's not the time to start um, getting together with, with girls and so instead of thinking about you know those thoughts and and um then boys will be i'm like hesitating here because i'm not a boy but from what i understand you know boys in yeshiva well, getting will getting
0: frustrated or not being able to you know or not being able to focus on the learning because yes. they're constantly being obsessed with these thoughts the, the, there's um there's also this piece that i wanted to bring up and i'm sorry if you if you're in the, middle of the thought no no, no okay. I, there's a piece i wanted to bring up is that Sometimes it's not only abuse that we're talking about trauma. uh, Trauma can also come from when someone's um, self-esteem is being constantly put down and they're made to feel very, very low about themselves. So when someone feels very low about themselves, then they might think that the attention uh, from someone of the opposite gender And that attraction is like the best thing ever for them. And that can lead them to feel more um, obsessed with it. Um, So, you know, it's important to, to figure out whether this is coming from a place where, you know, am I in a healthy place with myself and it's just a natural desire that I have or it's coming from a place where, I need this and then that's something that should be looked into more carefully
1: right just i think i think you're um touching on the word obsessed you know and where that's coming from so is it like that developmentally natural part of you that's you know thinking about um you know but but generally speaking the way that you phrased your question yes girls are thinking about boys at this age and yes boys are thinking about girls Right. and some to a greater degree than others.
0: Right.
1: Kay. Okay. So the next question, is it bad to read romance books, watch romance movies, and write stories about love? So I mm. think this question is a good segue from the other, the one that we just um, addressed, because it is, again, you know, you're at that developmental stage, and we've been there too, Shu and I, we've been teens as well. Where you know we're we're programmed that way, like Hashem created us that way. Um, I mean, if you go back to the very first um, human beings, um, you know, Adam was felt alone and he wanted um, connection and needed someone else. And then Hashem created Chava, so Hashem really created us to want to be in a relationship, you know, with with the opposite gender. Um, and to feel attraction towards the opposite sex. But like Chua said, you know, there are some people that struggle with the same-sex attraction, which we've discussed on a previous episode. And, um, and But going back to your question, you know, you're asking, is it bad to read these things? Is it bad to watch them? Is it bad to write about them? So let's just bear in mind that every single home and school, Every one of our listeners, every one of our viewers come from different standards. Um, so some some might be in a home where they're allowed to read any type of book and watch movies and also, you know, um, explore romance more than others. So, you know, I would, I would recommend that this question, um, if possible, if you have someone that you really look up to and someone that knows you personally,
0: and that you trust.
1: Ask this question to them because they know you. They know your home. They know your upbringing. They know the school that you go to. Um, so to give, you know, like a general answer without knowing the context. It's and... more
0: individual, right? They know your personality too.
1: Yeah. But as far as, you know, wanting to read romance books and wanting to watch the movies or write stories about love, I, I would, you know, connect it to the to the question right before where, it is developmentally appropriate that at this age, you know, you should um, be wanting to, yeah. And interested in romance, even yeah. if it's not pursuing the books and the movies, which, um, definitely, you know, my mother would always tell us like, um, it's not like it is in the movies. So, um, you know, that they, they have uh, definitely reading these books and watching the movies there, they have, uh, an agenda, um, And a message that they're trying to convey and but again going back to you know what are the standards um, in your home um, what's allowed what's not allowed.
0: So maybe a, a good point to bring up you know I think in addition to just knowing the standards and where you're coming from the idea that romance the way it's portrayed in movies and I think you're starting to touch on this is not necessarily the way that it is in real life and that could be important to know the difference between you know people don't necessarily fall in love you know love is a, a matter of mutual respect and um commitment and it's not just about attraction and that idea is not necessarily portrayed in um movies yeah um, and
1: it's 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 also not also not necessarily um, you know, in line with hashkafa and the Torah, you know, why there's romance and and why Hashem created it. It's um, you know, it's 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 much more, especially in the movies and the books. It's all about the physical, and um, you know, a lot of and and not necessarily portraying real love and like Shua said, you know, the idea of commitment, the idea of appreciating one another the idea also that it's for um it's for a higher good it's for a higher purpose you know that's why we don't just pursue all our romantic uh flings and and you know just act on on it we wait for the for the right time and when hashem wants us to connect and it's more it's it's not only on a physical level it's also on a soul level
0: in a spiritual way i think that ties into our next question um, why are my parents so strict about hanging out with boys? I honestly don't see anything wrong with hanging out with boys. Worst thing that could happen is I'll get pregnant at 15. Hanging out with boys is not going to kill me. So, why are my parents so against it? Um, so, I think, you know, uh, the, first of all, thank you for the question. Um,
1: and for your honesty.
0: For the honesty, yeah. The, 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 um, the question sounds like it's coming from a place of frustration because I think that you know that getting pregnant at 15, um, uh, 15, I think you're in grade 9. So let's just paint a picture of what that would look like. You're in high school, sitting in your tiny little desk with a, a with you know very pregnant um, <laughs> self, and then uh, nine months later, so let's say... At the beginning of tenth grade, you have a child, and so, so first of all, it's nine months of, I mean, Bosh, I can tell you what it's like, but what for what I've experienced, it's it's hell. It's it's not fun. It's nausea. It's also, and it's, uh,
1: look, it's it's. Um, I, I don't think that you're trying to.
0: I, I'm just. <laughs> I, I, I know that you're not trying to. It's coming from a place of just like the the a lot of frustration. That's what we're, we're seeing.
1: Yeah. It doesn't sound like, you know, you're planning at any point to get pregnant at 15. Um, and I don't think, sure, I need to convince you why it's not a good idea to go to, you know, to go down that route. But what you're, what essentially what your question is, uh, what you're asking is something that we've addressed. You know, we've gotten these, this question many times on Jewish Teen Talk
0: um about more about hanging hanging out with boys, it's not so bad. And maybe the question is coming from more like um like I'm not gonna get pregnant. I'm not planning on doing anything stupid. Right. So, so then I just wanna hang out and have a good time, and why are they um overreacting? Why are the parents overreacting? I feel that's kind of the, the
1: yeah.
0: vibe of the question. Um and um so I don't know if you know this, but um, parents, when your child is born, they get a manual. And um, one of the things, main responsibilities of parents is overreacting. Mm-hmm. It's kind of just what we do. Uh, because it comes from a place of love. Uh, parents don't want their kids to repeat the mistakes that they made. Right. Or they want to... um Protect,
1: yeah, protect. They want to protect. protect.
0: And, uh, yeah. So I think that, you know, when parents come from that perspective, it can come across as overreacting. Um, and, but, you know, it's coming from a good place. And it has a, um, a very positive and, 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 um, you know, in Alcoholics Anonymous, they talk about, um, you know, uh, if you hang out at a bar long enough, eventually you're going to get drunk. You know, um, or kind like my like, yeah. my rabbi used to say, you know, putting your head down on the table during shir is a skula for falling asleep.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I strongly recommend if you want to um, hear more thoughts about this idea on Jewish Teen Talk to visit. And listened to episode 18 and episode 19 where we addressed you know the idea of just a simple platonic relationship just Mm. hanging out with guys just talking with them what's wrong with it it won't lead to anything um and there were very valuable ideas that were shared there also you know some personal um we interviewed um you know individuals on those episodes and um but look there's definitely an idea Behind it, the reason why your parents are so against it, the reason why your parents are so strict about it, is yeah. is because you know science and and um, again, just going back to the natural way that God created uh, boys and girls is that it it doesn't it doesn't usually just stay you know um, um, neutral and mm. and parav. And usually, you know, one thing leads to the next. Or, um, actually, Shua just found episode sixteen as well. is a pretty powerful episode.
0: Yeah, very, very. Um, uh, we had a lot of these questions come in. This is a very, very uh, sensitive topic and a very, uh, uh, yeah, you know, and we've uh, we've spoken about this many times. Yeah, so and an have...
1: important topic too. And and you know, I know it feels. I just want to validate the frustration. Um, I remember when I was a teenager and I was, you know, getting into um talking about boys with friends and then my mother found out and then she got involved and it was it was frustrating, you know, like I just I just want to I don't know, it would just be fun to talk to a guy or um, you know, pursue a crush that I have. Um, but looking back, I I I'm very grateful that, you know, my mother kind of nipped it in the bud and didn't um I didn't pursue those relationships um, you know, it's, it's, it's normal. It's, it's something that, you know, people your age are experiencing. And at the same time, you know, it's also, um, it's also trusting that your parents care for you and they love you. And, um, again, like Shua said, you know, like, um, they want to protect you. And, uh, it's, it's, um, I I, I would just, I, I would, um, I would encourage you to hang in there and, and in you'll get pregnant, you know, <laughs> at the right time. Um, but just kind of, you know, trust the process and also, um, accept that, you know, you want to hang out with boys and that's normal and that's okay. Yeah. And, you know, waiting for the right time. Yeah. It's worth it. All right. Last question for tonight. One of my best friends recently told me she's been diagnosed with depression. How do I help and support her? She made it clear she doesn't want to talk about it. She also told me not to tell anyone. On the outside, she's a really happy person. She's Miss Popular and friends with everyone. She's the kind of person who you never, ever guess that she's depressed. She's just always helping everyone and really happy, friendly, and outgoing. I just don't understand how such a person can be depressed and how do I help her? Such a happy person. Sorry, how such a happy person can be depressed and how do I help her? Um so first of all, you know, when you're asking how do I help and support her, it's good that you are even asking that question. Um because if you're going to help and support her, then it's going to be what she needs
0: on her terms and yeah. on
1: her terms and what she's asking for. And the fact that she made it clear, she doesn't want to talk about it, she also asked you not to tell anyone, but that also means that she trusts you. there's right. there's a relate you know there's a friendship there where she trusts the fact that she was you know um, open with you about the fact that she was just diagnosed really shows on you know what a what a what a close relationship you have.
0: yeah, the strength of that relationship, absolutely.
1: And I'm sure it's not easy to see someone, you know, putting on a show to others, showing that she's happy on the outside, but you really know what's going on. It's very difficult to witness that and to see, you know, to see a friend going through that. Um,
0: I I guess I just, I'd recommend that you think about what is it about your relationship with this person that made them feel comfortable to let you know. Um, And then, you know kind of obviously check in with them about how they want to be helped and how they want to be supported uh, but think about uh, doubling down on those aspects of your relationship that made your relationship a safe one for your friend to let you know the other thing i think that that I, I, it's important to touch on is that the what i believe bothers us when someone is depressed and acting happy and, and outgoing and bubbly and help it and helpful is that it really shakes our ideas about what depression looks like because we have this idea that you can always tell if someone's depressed because they look miserable. Yeah. And when a, f- a person, it looks like they're functional and popular and happy and helpful and outgoing and they're diagnosed with depression, clinical depression. Um, it really shakes our understanding of what depression is and how you could never really know what someone's going through. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, the general rule is be kind always because you really never know. You really never know. You know, even the people to a large degree the people who look miserable and are authentically miserable are less likely to be to be depressed because they're authentic. They're they're true to what they're experiencing. And the people who are you know, hiding their depression and a popular, outgoing and helpful and friendly um, are are really living a double life that is very difficult to maintain and leads to, you know, a difficult mental situation. I think that the idea of not being able to be authentic or not feeling safe to really show what you're feeling is a difficult thing for anyone to experience.
1: Yeah. And, and you know, it's so, I, I'm just, uh, commending you for sending in this question. It sounds like you're a really good friend and you want to support your friend through this. You want to help her and you're questioning yourself. Like if she's been diagnosed with depression and she's happy all the time, yeah. how did the, how do the two of those, you know, um, coexist, yeah, yeah, coexist together. And how can you help her? And again, going back to what we said at the beginning is that the way to help her is to honor her wish. To um, and it sounds like she already knows that you're there for her. The fact that she was able to come to you, um, and like Shua was saying, you know, a lot of people can put on a show and can show that they're happy, and you know, you never know what's going on inside them. Um, and the fact that you're privy to that, you know, what's going on inside, you know, you can always. I've always recommended, you know, on Jewish Teen Talk, and you know, when people have, um, contacted me. Um, based on my own experience with depression and anxiety, I always, you know, um, it never hurts to, to, you know, just say to your friend, I know she said she doesn't want to talk about it, you know, but every once in a while, I mean, and, and, you know, you feel like you want to be there for her. You could just say to her, you know, I know you don't want to talk about it, what you brought up to me, but I'm here for you. If there's ever any way I can support you, like, um, and, and, you know, like just, I mean, you'll feel out, you know, in the relationship but sometimes helping someone is doing is not doing anything about it
0: respecting the way that they want you to go through it with them or
1: yeah and and if you had said you know she's she seems like she's struggling with depression and you don't know how to help her then i would come from a different angle i would say well you know recommend like suggest that she goes to professional that she gets the help but it sounds like she's already being seen by professionals and she's already getting the support right. she needs. She's
0: diagnosed, right?
1: And it's not something that she wants all the girls to know about. And so right now, you know, like honoring her wishes and
0: just... Well, honoring her wishes means that she's not carrying it alone.
1: Yes. That's what I was going to say. You just finished my sentence.
0: <laughs> that's, so... that's love. That's really what you're looking for in a, in a marriage, in a relationship.
1: So <laughs> keep sending in your questions. And um, we really, really appreciate the honesty and the openness because it's helping others as well who Absolutely. have the same questions as you. Keep sending them in jewishteentalk.com. dot com.
0: I also tell teachers, I tell, te- I speak to teachers sometimes, and I say if you really want to know what your students are struggling with, listen to Jewish Teen Talk because this is the real stuff that you know you send in. Um, and that teens are struggling with uh, so we appreciate your helping others and uh and I, I hope it was helpful for you keep coming back we appreciate you you're wonderful
1: have a great week everyone
0: take good care